Hey kids, you're listening to the internet's wettest podcast about video games, consoles, and pancakes. The SML Podcast. Uh, should we start then? Yes. Since everyone's here. Yeah. Yes. 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 What's up, every? <laughs> I didn't even do it this time. Yes. I hate you all. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Are we, just, are we just not? Are we just not saying randomly saying yes? Yes. I just want to start the show. <laughs> yes. Fuck you. <laughs> We're being positive tonight. Yes. <laughs> What's up, everybody? This is the SML Podcast. I am your host, Joe. Uh, we have a, a big old party cast for our Thanksgiving week show. We've only got one show this week, so everyone's here except Brooke and Purnell. Uh, Aki's here. Bree is here. Chris is here. Jacob's here. How's everyone doing? Boo, Jacob. Boo. Yeah, we could have switched out Jacob for Brooke. I'd have been fine with that. Well, she didn't have anything to review, so Jacob's here. Yeah, but to be fair, you would have switched out Chris for Brooke as well. Like, no, Chris is fine. <laughs> oh, I got three oh, things oh, to really, really. So it's really just me. It's not just any of the dudes here. <clears throat> yeah, basically. Nice. <laughs> I mean, well, you out for Purnell too, on, if it makes you feel better. On the, on the plus side, we at least know that Aki's not <laughs> sexist. That's yeah. You know. No, I'm just oh, anti-Jacob. I thought we all knew this already. Although I will say, I think that is the highest compliment Aki has ever paid me. <laughs> it's probably wow. also the only one I've ever paid you. <laughs> that's why that actually, it. yeah, that actually is high praise. Yeah, <laughs> man, that's- my week was great. Thanks for asking. How was your week, Joe? <laughs> no, we already asked. <laughs> I asked in the chat. Yeah, that's fair. My week sucked, but whatever. <laughs> Uh, Thanksgiving's coming up. Black Friday's coming up. Anybody buying anything in the sales? No, I but don't I don't think to. so. Hard, maybe. Hard, maybe. What are you? What are you eyeing up? Um, there's there's a couple things like the 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 newer Katamari reroll. Um, nice. Has a decent sale. Uh, oh, yeah. There's a couple other things I'd have to go back and look. It, there's actually it's... there's a lot of stuff on the eShop that I really <laughs> want to get, but I also. Really need to pre-order that uh, Dragon Quest Monsters because it's coming up. Which is funny because I just got my Dragon Quest uh, Infinity Strash Adventures of Dai oh, um, from PlayAsia after pre-ordering it in early September. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Timely delivery. I mean, that's nothing compared to the small batch stuff. Like, I have limited run stuff from 2022 and 2021 that still hasn't been sent. Uh, Chain Echoes from last year hasn't been sent, and mm. I've got two games from Strictly Limited from thi- earlier this year, but they haven't been sent either. Jeez. Uh, is there a reason why? Because or... small batch like companies take about a year and a half to two years to send anything. Good lord. <laughs> I'd lose yeah, my manufacturing and all that fun stuff. 
Yeah. My my two Darius collections that I got from Strictly Limited, one of them took like two and a half years or something like that. Oh my god. Wow. Yeah. No, I couldn't do that. That I'd lose my mind. Uh Moobot's dropping a, a notification that Trash Rando did something involving money. I'm going to guess a renewed subscription, maybe, or I I have no clue. I'm not getting any other notification besides a Moobot message saying thanks for the money, Trash Rando. <laughs> yeah, I don't so see I it have either. I have no clue what went through, but thank you. Uh for hanging Just out. Just a little dollar bill tucked into the uh tucked into the waistband. And to the G string. Mm-hmm. Uh, get off the stage. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Why is that not an option in the merch? <laughs> G string. <laughs> Jacob's G string? Well, because I haven't worn enough of them. I mean, you really got to get in those layers of, uh, you know, smegma and uh, tremenda cheese. Uh, no. You know, it's really you. an acquired no. taste. I hate you. Uh, I'm eyeing up Sonic Superstars and Lords of the Fallen in the sale. If I could somehow swing any kind of money out of our next paycheck, but I don't think I don't think anything's happening. So I will just dream until the New Year sale and hope that they're on sale again. Yeah, I've got. Sorry. Go ahead. I've got ten dollars of Microsoft credit, so I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what nine ninety nine game I can afford. None of them. I I have $20 in PlayStation credit (laughs) that I earned through the Sony Rewards program. I finally finally got something back from Sony. And then on the Microsoft side, I have 600,000 points waiting to be redeemed that I can't do shit with until January. Wowzers. Yeah. Uh, How much I buy on Xbox compared to PlayStation. I, I think I just need to have you log into my account and use your credit card. That way I get the points. <laughs> Jesus, you got so many points. I can't even fathom that. Holy shit. Once I get like 10% back on everything I buy because of being like the level two uh, rewards and having Game Pass Ultimate, you get like a shit ton of points back just buying stuff. I didn't know it adds that. up. Huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then doing the weeklies, the daily searching, it adds up. Adds up quick. Yeah, I'm really bad at actually keeping up with doing all those things. You you yeah. should do it because it. <laughs> I'm pretty casual, program. like I don't know, like middle middle of the road as far as like how much I actually get done in a given day, or if I even remember every day. And yeah, I exactly. by the end by the end of the month, I still get enough for a ten dollar gift card. There you go. You do so much better than I do. <laughs> I I get the I get the weekly Xbox uh thing and that's it. I'm on like week 86 or something. Nice. That's it. That's the only thing I do. <laughs> for for sure do. Everything else maybe. <laughs> my my weekly streak is massive right now. That's the only thing I've kept up with. I don't do daily oh. streaks. I, like, you don't wash your underwear. I, I actively avoid getting reward points at times, mm-hmm. but I'm still at 226 week streak for the. Yeah, I had a really <laughs> long week streak, and then I I totally botched it, and I'm like super sad now. Like uh, I just I don't I don't even I have the, the will same. to keep going anymore. It's so sad. I did the same. That's why I'm only on 86 ish. Because I fucked up once, mm-hmm. and, it, and it was because really I was, 
I was drive uh, my grandparents uh, when I go and visit them every year. We drive, mm. and mm. I missed. I missed. Uh, I needed to log in like one extra day, and uh, this was okay. before I had my smartphone, so I could only do it via the computer. And we were driving, so I missed it, and I was so bummed. Ah, <laughs> uh, that sucks. Yeah, I was. I think I was in like the. 60th week or something at that point i was doing okay <laughs> yeah so i went right back to one i was like you motherfucker <laughs> it happens i think, I think my longest daily streak <laughs> is six my longest i don't care about the dailies at all my longest daily i think was four <laughs> <laughs> i just i just i can't remember to do any of that shit like the weekly is the yeah. only one i remember wait are we talking about microsoft rewards and shit yeah Yes. Yeah. Oh, Are you not paying attention? Like, not no. really. No. Um, <laughs> I was at like eight hundred odd days or something like that, and then remember when uh, the friggin' uh, Microsoft Awards like shit the bed repeatedly this spring and summer. Oh mm. yeah. Yeah, I lost my like. They restored it, and then I lost it again like four days later through no fault of my own. They restored it again, mm-hmm. and then like I lost it again two <laughs> weeks later, and I was just like, I'm just fucking done with you guys, and I get whatever I get. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm not going to try to go for the 999-day badge. Like, forget it. Like, Yeah, I don't care about the badges. I just want the points. <laughs> well, yeah, but like the longer you keep up the streaks, the more points you get, yeah, theoretically. You so, <sighs> what, what the hell were the points you got from such a high streak? I, I want to know what no, they get I don't up to. Th- I don't think I think I don't think it got a higher than two thousand at a time, like every Ooh. like ten weeks or some shit. I yeah. think. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean it was worth it, but yeah, again it adds up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My my Xbox news is I dug my Xbox out of uh, the garage today, and I'm going to hook it up at some point. Xbox <laughs> or three sixty or which my one? my original Xbox. Nice. Oh snap! What are you planning to play? Um, well, I'm going to check the disk drive and see what's actually in it, because I have no idea. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I'm like, I do have a new controller for it and, like, some games. Um, just might, you know, load up something random and, you know, mess with it. Because uh, I didn't play much of it back in the day except for Morrowind. It was my Morrowind yeah. machine. Oh, Morrowind loads so quick on the series compared to the original Xbox I, yeah. I remember getting up and making a sandwich during a load screen. I legitimately yeah. also did something similarly long. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it involved the kitchen. And yes, the load times were just, you could Minutes like go take a bathroom time. break, a, a smoke break. Um, yeah, that was yeah. so many games had like long load times and stuff like that. You just kind of didn't. Well, you'd noticed, but you weren't like, oh, I'm used to games loading up immediately like no it was just like oh, okay this one's got extra load times okay whatever yeah hey, it was the future back me. then yeah i've what never was that cared about i've never cared about load times they can be as long as they want i don't care it doesn't bother oh, me oh i all. care i i got shit to do <laughs> it it depends i don't <laughs> it, it, i mean it depends on some of them i mean like because if you remember like the original burnout like my god like sometimes the load types for those levels were almost as long as it took to complete a race um but uh like the one that always killed me was too human uh like where it had that like that death death animation animation. Uh, oh my god it literally went on for a minute and you couldn't (laughs) skip it 
Okay, stuff like that I don't like. That was the worst because yeah, like, you have would you just die over human? and over. No, I have never played that. You should you should grab it. I believe it's free on the Xbox I, store. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. It's not I bad. Go look. Because but, they can't legally sell it anymore. <laughs> oh, I think I've lawsuit. heard of that. Damn. <coughs> oh yeah, there's some other game. Oh, they're um, yeah, they uh, <laughs> they're pulling the Taiko game from uh from Nintendo. Oh yeah, the Taiko no Tatsujin. Yeah, we talked about that on uh on Thursday show. That doesn't have anything to do with the new game though, right? It's just the old game. I I don't really know. <laughs> I just remember not being able to play something and being like, oh yeah, that's going away. Huh. Need to. So, it is to free. human, the entirety of the description in the Xbox marketplace is download now, period. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it wow. has all the free, sh- the like the pre-order stuff is free mm-hmm. too. Yeah. <laughs> Give it a download. Try it out. You might like it. Except for the death animations. So don't die much. <laughs> But you will, it's an, because it's hard. I assume it's a first-person shooter? No. Oh, what the hell is it? Third-person action game. Hack oh, I'm slash. good. Oh, I'm not good then. Never mind. <laughs> no, you'll have fun with it. It seems like something you'd play. Okay. Yeah, I feel like you would. There, There's only two games on the sale that I'm particularly interested in right now. Which ones? Dead, Dead Space and Avum. Because uh, mm. they're both half off. Uh... And beyond that, there's only one other thing that I'd be interested in. I can't afford any of this, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but the Series uh, S, uh, there's yeah. a bundle for like two hundred and like ten dollars or something. I'm like, I, if I had, if I wasn't about three thousand dollars in the hole right now, I would totally get that. <laughs> Hopefully, only three thousand in the hole, man. Yeah, that's a lot for someone who makes around ten thousand a year, though. <laughs> that's, True. That's a whole lot. Uh, I'm hopefully I'll have it mostly paid off by this time next year. Hopefully, maybe we'll see. Uh, and then I will buy a Series S uh, for my grandparents' house. Nice. And then I'll have a con- current console, and I'll be able to, you know, not take three months off uh, of doing reviews. There's a screen that they sell on Amazon for the Series S that just like attaches to the back flips mm-hmm. down yes that's on sale for like 180 and i'm eyeing that thing up i wish i had the money for something like that that would be great wait, for I, magfest Aki, wait, are you say, hold on hold on hold on are you saying that there's gonna be three months where i don't have to hear your voice yes there always is <sighs> no she's December, still, January, still on the show not, well occasionally not too often though usually for those three months i'm just playing whatever assassin's creed game i hadn't completed and this year, it's Valhalla. <laughs> I could have sworn that you, the only time you really took off was when we took the show off for like that no. month and a half or whatever. No, la- I seem to remember you always being on. Well, sometimes I, mean, I am when we have that. PC games. And for a while, it was Xbox One. So obviously, I had the Xbox One there. So I was still there. But once it moved to the series consoles, I was occasionally on when there was a PC game that I could run on my grandparents' very piss-poor computer. <laughs> but no, usually, no, usually I'm just, that might pop on just to bother people, but otherwise, no, I'm I'm usually gone. Last year I was here, but I only spent one month at their house last year, so. Uh, 
which was abnormal. But yeah, but next year I should should uh, be able to hopefully afford a Series S for there because I don't need a disc drive. I have the Series or the uh, Xbox One S there, so if I need a Blu-ray or DVD drive, I got that. So meh. yeah, so I'll just get the digital one and. You know, when eventually I have to move those from their house because they're not around anymore, then I'll just move it to my parents' house. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. Series S is a fun little machine, though. Yeah. It, I'll probably... It'll probably drive me nuts simply because it doesn't have a disk drive, and I really like them having <laughs> a disk drive. But, eh, you know, yeah, it, it should be fine. I mean, I, it's... You'll get used to not using disks. It's... I there's so much stuff now that I don't buy because it's on disc and I'm just I don't want to fuck with discs anymore just you know, like oh well you don't really own it if it's a digital download bitch I don't care I'm gonna die and then I'm not gonna have any of that shit anyway there you go exactly like you think my wife and kids aren't gonna sell off my video game collection the moment I croak yeah, right. Oh my god, yeah. Ashley is going to make so much bank selling my shit when I'm gone. Exactly. I wonder I wonder if she could find a private buyer for my Xbox account. <laughs> Sell it for like $400,000 or something. <laughs> GameStop will gi- GameStop will give her 547 in credit. <laughs> and maybe oh, an extra god. 3 cents for all the other all the physical games that oh sorry to. sorry sorry you had your gamers plus rewards <laughs> you get 623 my bad i actually canceled my pro membership oh shit all right 547 Good. my bad yeah. <laughs> they they tried to auto renew on me without my consent they just wanted to auto renew without telling me it's like hey we're gonna charge you and my old card was still on file so the the charge didn't go through i'm like all right I'm never subscribing to you again. I don't shop yeah. there enough anymore. It's not worth it. Yeah, I got rid of mine, God, so long ago. Do you, I don't know if you remember, but there used to be an old Flash game website called Congregate. Oh, that yes. game got bought. Around then is when I got rid of mine. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that. Yeah, I just I don't I don't exists. get enough value out of it. I I would get five dollar coupons and never use them, and you can't even. Like you used to be able to use your five dollar coupon for a five dollar Xbox card. Can't do it anymore. Well, that sucks. Yeah. That's stupid. And now apparently they're changing how they handle like returns where if you return a new game because it's defective, they'll replace it with a used one. Yeah. Yeah. That's weird and crappy. If your system's broken, you bought a new system and it's broken, you return it, they'll give you a used one. Nope. Yeah, I don't they were always kind of icky when it came to that yeah. stuff. I, I don't know how many times people brought up stories where they had called in, were told they had brand new of what they were looking for, went there, and then they tried to sell them only used, and it <sighs> was a lot of back and forth before they just finally said, okay, fine, we'll get you the new one. No. I had that kind of shit happen to me, and it pissed me off every time. That's one of the reasons why I quit going to GameStop and went yeah. to Amazon. Or, and or buying gutted copies is new. I hate that. I will not buy a yeah, gutted same. copy as new. You're going to discount it, and I know you're allowed to, so you're going to. <laughs> so. I just go to Best Buy at that point. Yeah. Although that's that's like an hour drive for me, so I never get there anymore. 
for me, it's just kind of hard to go there because my grandfather worked at Circuit City, and so we were strictly don't go to Best Buy. <laughs> I remember Circuit City. <laughs> so I remember do I. them closing and Best Buy getting all their employees. I was there. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember them closing and then screwing all their workers out of you know all the money that they were owed. Yeah, I heard a lot about that at my job okay. at Best Buy where they all went. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I still hear about it because my grandfather still complains about it. Rightfully so. <laughs> it was some bullshit. Oh, man. And Congregate still exists. Holy shit. Really? Yeah. That's surprising. Yeah, I don't know how any of these games work because I always thought this was just a Flash game website, but no, they have tons of games on here still. They all look like Facebook games. <laughs> Speaking of tons of games, we got a ton of games we got to talk about tonight. Should we dive into reviews? Yeah. Sure. Bree, you ready to start things off? As ready as I'll ever be. Cool In other words, bean. no. <laughs> <laughs> well, first game to talk about tonight is Super Crazy Rhythm Castle, developed by Second Impact Games and Konami, published by Konami, released September 14th on Xbox One, Series X and S, Switch, PS4, PS5, and PC for $39.99. It's Super Crazy Rhythm Castle, the chaotic rhythm adventure, a puzzling co-op mashup, Unlike anything you've ever heard, solo or with a bunch of friends, can you conquer the castle? Bree, tell us about your time with Super Crazy Rhythm Castle. Oh my goodness. All right. So first of all, it is online or local co-op up to four players. This is important. You start out with character selection. You can be a little dancing boombox head, uh, a crow, a demon, some old guy with a hobby horse that's also a boom mic. His name's Mike. Anyway, um... And then you're led into a crazy castle with the aid of a mysterious stranger who's leading <laughs> you along. I, I had to find different ways to say super crazy and rhythm and castle and not make it the same exact thing over and over and over again. <laughs> the first thing you have to do is you play a tutorial song, which determines the difficulty level. There are two difficulty settings. Uh, you can change that at any time, which is great. Regular has three lanes. Uh, fewer commands, simpler patterns. Pro, which I can't do, has four lanes, more commands, complex patterns. So what makes this rhythm castle super crazy, you ask? I hear totally everybody asking that question. What uh, makes it super <laughs> crazy? Uh, there is more to do than just play a rhythm game. For example, the board might spin or curve. And then there's a bunch of like mini games mixed in with the rhythm game. Here's some examples. You might need to run in the middle of a level to clear the board of visual obstacles or fend off some stunning enemies. You might get places switched with a companion and need to run around and collect things. Or you may find yourself needing to feed a void with broccoli and light <laughs> ritual orbs with cans of beans. Or you might find have to find the balance between attacking and healing yourself. You might even have to fight an eggplant DJ with the aid of weed-repellent bagpipes. It's, you know, I don't know, a little crazy. Did, did you say light orbs with cans of beans? Yes. What didn't you understand, Aki? All <laughs> <laughs> uh, of that, really? <laughs> I, I thought I had a stroke in the mouth of that. <laughs> It's super crazy, um, but some of the levels were sometimes too crazy and not enough rhythm game. Um, really, it's the mini game portion. Sometimes it's hard to understand what you have to do quite at first. And I'll give another example of one of those scenarios later. Um, but it's a really neat concept to switch up just like the standard 
I'm playing a rhythm game. Um, you get to explore the castle, which is really cool. There's tons of visual elements and like nooks that you get to discover all sorts of stuff in. There's a working pathway of piano keys that actually like works like it's supposed to. So you can like run back and forth and like play a little song if you know what you're doing. Um, there's a character named Zig. He eats stardust. And, I approve. Uh, right. And the stardust <laughs> is is like from the levels you complete, you get different stars for completing levels. So like you get one star, two star, three stars, depending on how good you do. And that all adds up to different stardust. And then once you get enough, you can find the Zig and he'll he'll eat it up. And then unlock a new area for you. You may also have to solve small puzzles to gain access to other areas. And there are a bunch of different areas to the castle, different hubs. Besides the campaign, you have a music lab where you can just play unlock songs like a normal rhythm game. There's the garage, which allows you to play classic songs from Konami games like um, Castlevania. Uh, there's the Gradius and there is a DDR that I've unlocked so far. And then there's the versus hub, which I'll also talk about here in a minute. Um, you also, as you're walking around, you acquire weird little items like a wooden spoon or a car battery, uh, and you get to help the denizens of the castle. They're called minims. They're like the little helpers of the king of the castle. <clears throat> and, uh, they're like little constructs. You actually learn how to make them at some point. I had to trade, um, like a pair of glasses for a chicken bucket so that it could be used as a disguise because the minim had pissed off the king. I'm really not sure what was up with that, but, um, <laughs> also... Something about cats, because I can't go without talking about cats, apparently. Uh, there is a meat cat in Meat World. Yes, I said Meat World. And you have to reunite it with its owner for a quest. I also found a ghost cat with a theremin. And I was able to oh, free God. him from his bonds with a car battery. I don't know what was up with that either. It's crazy. I, I can um, only <laughs> imagine the drugs that went into making this game. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, but it is also a music game, so let's talk about music for a moment. There's lots of different music styles, rock, pop, dubstep, punk, metal. There's more than 30 different tracks, and the audio is done well. Not just the rhythm portion, but like around the castle, there's good sound effects, directional audio. It was like actually just a delight to listen to the game, which I think is important for a musical game. Um, the progression through the game is a lot of step rewards, so... If you play music in the lab, you're rewarded with little boxes to unlock every so many stars you earn. There's a reasonably placed like progression system throughout the castle where you solve the little puzzles and unlock the next level. Felt like there's a lot to do, even if you're stuck on a level, which I totally was, and had to find a friend to help. Um, you can always practice a song or work toward a better score on an earlier level until you can kind of figure out what you need to do. Uh, which brings me to the multiplayer. So... Um, you can co-op the campaign or you can fight it out in the Versus Hub. There's uh, four different modes in the Versus Hub, which were kind of fun to play through. Uh, there's a duel, a dance, chaos, and race modes. Um, in and the I Versus Hub. kicked your ass. You totally kicked. He kicked <laughs> a ball at my head. I did repeatedly. multiple times. <laughs> um, <laughs> that might be the, the funniest thing that game is just kicking a soccer ball <laughs> at someone and knocking him away. <laughs> I like the egg thing where you get to like you 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 pick up this egg and a spoon, you take it over to this like ritual chalice or something, and these little monsters appear and like grab your your opponent <laughs> and like hug them. Um but yeah, so uh they score things differently in the versus area. So it's not just how well you're playing, but it's also how well you're playing the game. It's not just points per hit. 
I, it doesn't really tell you exactly how that works. It's a mystery, but it even kind of says that that's all part of the game. So you don't necessarily have to, in versus mode, be the best person at the rhythm game. You have to be the best person at the game game. Yeah. Whatever that means. Um, and so like most means modes. kicking the soccer ball at me more than I kick it at you. Yeah, something like that. So if you want to take the risk, you can mess with the other players kicking the ball or, you know, stuff like that to stun them. Uh, and that'll keep them from playing the the rhythm and part of the game to get points and then gives you the opportunity to go back and get some more points for yourself and so on. So, like, if you know the song really well, too, you can time portions of that where you're like, oh, I know I'm terrible at this part of the game. Let me go kick a ball at Joe's head, um, which is pretty cool. I 100% approve of that. Kick all the balls. At Joe's Agreed. Head, yes. Kicking balls at Joe's head is always a good time. Some some Kick downsides, balls, though. Um, it appeared that achievements were mostly dirty. host only. Yeah. Um, I did get one uh, that that was not, was like the ex- exception to that rule. Um, but we were able to like switch places on who was hosting and get the achievements that we wanted for the multiplayer. And then the other thing is that we both experienced lag as the guest. Not for the host. It only was a slight lag for the guest, it seemed. Yeah, it felt more like controlling the character, not really the rhythm part. The rhythm seemed to still be in time. It was just character movement seemed sluggish. Yeah, it did. It it like almost stuttered a little. And it was only really mattered in the versus area, not the campaign. Or like when you're walking around the castle, just trying to like keep up or something. Yeah. Um, But here's here's the thing about the co-op to me. It felt like the game was designed to be a co-op experience and not just a zany rhythm game you have your friends join in on. Um, And I I think that there's a distinction there. Like, it was designed with intention to be a more multiplayer experience. Um, There's a few levels where you're forced to switch tasks in the middle a lot, and that makes a lot more sense playing with a friend than it did when I was playing it solo. Yeah. So, um, and playing with another person reminded me of, like, Overcooked a little as far as, like, communication you had to have and this is this is my big example is the gold vault which is a level i was stuck on until joe came in and helped me (laughs) um and it still took us two tries to get it done uh so you had to cool down an overheated machine you had to feed gems to hungry creatures and play specific notes in the song to keep everything from exploding all while just trying to keep up and play the song well for points that was a lot to do by myself. Um, having at least two people meant we could control two sides of the map, whereas previously I had to run around by myself. And it seemed like I was getting close to getting it done, but just never close enough for the points. I spent so much time on the mini game and not the rhythm aspect of the game. And so it was just like finding that balance was too hard to do by myself. But like with another person, it was clear that that was designed to have at least two people. Um, and like the challenge level went up because there was a second person but you were able to split the board and made it a lot easier to do no so i would love to see this with four players i can only imagine oh my gosh yes kind of chaos that could happen with four (laughs) people going at it Mm -hmm. um the other thing we noticed is there was um one level we did where there was like two different versions of the music going on so like one of us was playing rhythm and the other one was playing lead um which that was kind of cool um, and thankfully, you because uh, there's a little feature you can turn it off, but um, it makes like a little ding every time you miss a note or, or hit a wrong note. And I'm really glad that that did not happen like on the other person's screen because I'm pretty sure I would have driven Joe absolutely <laughs> crazy. I was so terrible at this one level. 
It was like normal level, normal level, normal level speed zone. And I was like, nope, nope. Yeah, the, some of those done. rhythm sections get really, really tricky. Uh, I appreciate that they have controller remapping because I think uh, using X in the bumpers is kind of tricky. I would rather use A in the bumpers. Yeah, so and if you're I doing pro, it's the um, right on the D-pad is the, yeah. the left side of that. And I mean, that works with a normal size controller. I happen to have a larger than normal controller right now because I have like a, an otter box on mine. And I was having such a hard time with the bumpers. So I'm I'm remapped it to the triggers and that was better. Like I didn't mind the X button as much, but the the triggers definitely were easier for me than the bumpers for sure. Like this so, is yeah. this might actually be something where I would put all the buttons like on left, down, A, and B. Mm. And just play with the face buttons instead of trying to use the bumpers. That could be good. Yeah, just some of the I combos might be tricky with that, but yeah, yeah I'd be I'd be interested to see like what what you could even do like programming it in like other weird ways that that might because I do like um, finger tapping where I could like I don't know X and B for for the right side and like do something funky on the left like that wouldn't make a lot of sense to anyone but me. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, this game doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's stupid fun. It's it forty really bucks. Is. What are your thoughts on it? <laughs> Um, especially if you have friends to play with, like if you can get at least one other human to go in on this game, like it's super fun and I would highly recommend buying it. Um, and if you can't, I mean, you can still play it by yourself and I had a blast with it, but, um, I definitely think it is more fun with a friend. Yeah. We'll have to play this some more cause it's a, yeah, definitely. a good time. And I found another friend who has a copy of it. So like, I totally plan oh, nice. to like get them up and like, see what we can do. Cause yeah, I got stuck on another level. So yeah. <laughs> Maybe the three of us could play. I don't know. Oh yeah, It'd be well, fun. Maybe we can. Maybe we could find a fourth person. It would be swell. All right. Well, Bree, that is it for you. Uh, what's What's on the docket for you tonight? I am gonna chill and uh, like not have anxiety, and I'm gonna <laughs> power wash some stuff. That's the plan. Nice. Hell yeah. Yeah, I have a theater to power wash and a train to power wash, and I don't care how long it takes me. I'm just gonna, oh like, shit, the Back to the Future DLC. Yes, yeah. nice. I still got to work on the Sorry. clock tower. Yeah, it's a big ass clock tower. That's like for being the third level. That's really overwhelming. Yeah, it was pretty big for sure. Um, I did so that whole said. thing on stream too, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, it was it was a lot. I was like, oh, man, I probably should have like stopped at 50% and like called it a day. <laughs> like, but now I'm at 90%. Surely it can't be that long. I was at 99% for like 20 minutes easily. Oh, Lord. <laughs> All right. Well, we will let you get going. Do you have any final words? Uh, eat all the good foods. Enjoy all the people and the company and the stuff and the whatever. If people do the things this week. Yay. Yay. That was that was very well thought out. Yep. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good one. See, See you Bri. later. <laughs> Bye. All right. Next up is UFO Robot Grendizer, The Feast of the Wolves, developed by Android, published by Microids, released November 14th on Xbox Series X and S, PS5, and PC for $39.99. For the first time in video game history, climb aboard Grendizer, the legendary robot, and fight against the forces of evil to defend our planet Earth. Jacob, tell us about this one. 
Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. This is uh, pretty out there uh, <laughs> that they actually made a uh, video game out of this anime slash mo- uh, manga. Um, so for those who aren't aware, it was made back in the seventies. Uh, Grendizer tells the tale of this, uh, planet that, you know, everything's going to be going great. You know, these two cultures are coming together and like a prince and princess are going to get married, but then the alien species that the princess is from decides to attack on the wedding day when everyone's defenses are down. And unfortunately as a prince, you have to. I know who could have seen this coming, but then as the prince, you have to take control of the mobile robot Grendizer thing. I'm not really that familiar with it, but anyways, you have to take control of it, defend your home world. But then when that isn't enough, you have to make it out into space and then defend the earth. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, let's come on. All right. Anyway, uh, so in this game, it is mostly a third-person action uh, game. Like there is some kind of on-rails parts that are kind of like afterburner, but for the most part, you're going to be doing uh, third-person stuff. And while the game is not open world um, per se, like it does, like. At a, at a certain point in the narrative, it will let you pretty much just like run around and do certain missions in like whatever order you feel like. Um, but uh, there's the combat I thought was kind of interesting, uh, even though it's nothing exactly to write home about. Like the game itself is kind of average uh, in terms of an action game, fun but average. But uh, what it is is that you have a bunch of different attacks and the enemies will actually have a logo over their head to tell you what kind of attack you need to, uh, to be able to get their shields or armor, uh, to drop before you can really, uh, lay into them and not following that, uh, can really mess you up. And, uh, it's also based. Some of these attacks are also based on how much energy you have. And so, if you don't have enough energy, uh, you then have to wait for it to naturally come back, or uh, you have to uh, spend precious moments like getting your energy back from the sun, uh, which then brings up your health and stuff like that. And it really becomes this like energy management uh, kind of thing, which I'm not going to lie, during a fight, like I get it. But at the same time, it could be an absolute pain in the butt, like trying to like leap around the arena as you're uh, avoiding like the robot trying to like, <laughs> oh, my God, I got to get my health up, but I got to get my energy up, but I got to get my health. Oh, God, I died again. <laughs> um, and so I was actually that was another thing I was a little surprised by. There is like no like difficulty thing to like make the game any easier. Uh, and so. I mean, I, I don't, I can't exactly see kids clamoring for, for this kind of game, but even as like a seasoned adult on this kind of stuff, like I was still having, like, I still found it to be fairly challenging in a lot of parts. Um, you know who I could see clamoring for this game? Uh, who? Chris, have you, have you seen this game at all? This looks up your alley. Uh, no, I've not. We'll have to, we'll have to link you to the PS5 version. Maybe you could check it 
This this looks like something you would play <laughs> with your your love for uh, kaiju stuff. Yeah, yeah, I mean it, it. It is around that area. I mean, like, I mean, I'm also a little surprised Aki didn't jump for this kind of stuff in terms of like gunpla, you know, with big robotic mon, uh, big robots and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, like combat's not terribly diverse. The missions aren't like. I mean, it's a lot of go here, collect this stuff, go beat the crap out of these monsters, go over here, move to the next thing. Um. But I mean, like once you get to Earth, uh, that's when like the game actually does start picking up, thankfully. Um, but <laughs> I'm not gonna lie; it doesn't become much easier. Thankfully, the game is generous with like its save points and stuff like that, and so, um, and also, you know, even if you do die, there's no like real game over. It's just you just have to restart from your last part. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's a good introduction uh to the anime for folks i mean got me into it and like i now want to check out the old 70s show um and they have a collector's but, edition for this game with a, a figure and a steel book and art i mean that doesn't surprise chain. me with with anime nerds that doesn't surprise me i mean anime yeah. nerds love swag yeah i wonder how much swag is the best <laughs> also hey brock oh brooks here Brooke, how are you doing? Sorry, I was trying to unmute it. Hello. <laughs> hey, Brooke. I don't know if y'all saw my message. I didn't know you were starting early. I was just, I'm just getting off work now. Yeah, what up, y'all? It's just, a, just a, a reviews episode. So it's our only show of the week. So Sweet. Okay. Well, I'm here to hang out for a while. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, that's no, okay. that's fine. Uh, Jacob is talking about uh, UFO <laughs> robot Grendizer, the Feast of the Wolves. Uh, he's uh, very okay with you, in. uh, <laughs> with you interrupting me. Yeah. <laughs> hey, any any time, bud. I, I'm okay with literally anyone interrupting you, but yeah, that's fair. That's that's true. Uh, and and thanks, Dad. Um, <laughs> anytime, my boy. So glad we could be together this this holiday. You know. <laughs> but yeah, UFO Grendizer, like it's like I mean, it's pretty cool. Like, but I'm gonna warn you right now. Like, you're gonna be in for a bit of a challenge. I wish that there was like an easy mode for it. Um, but I mean, it's a standard, like it's like, I mean, it's a standard action game um, just with a nice anime flair to it. Um, nice. I'd recommend it. Sorry. As I say, clocks in at 40 bucks. What is your verdict on this one? $40 is honestly pretty good for this, uh, especially like with, you know, other anime, ti- like similar anime titles out there. Uh, like getting into the action thing, I like especially at forty bucks. I'd recommend it. How much is that special edition going for? Um, they don't have it in America. <laughs> oh, of course they don't. Yeah, they just have it in the UK. I think in like Spain and France. I think I think only one place carries it for Xbox, and it's two hundred forty-one euro, which Yeesh. I believe is fairly expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, anyways, I'd recommend it. Like, I think I think it's a lot of fun, and um, hopefully, it doesn't get overlooked. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah, that turns out to like two hundred and sixty bucks US. So I don't think I could afford that. But uh, Brooke, how are you doing? Might as well might as well chat with you a little bit in between games. How's things going for you? Pretty good. I got invited over to a friend's house for Thanksgiving, so I'm gonna be uh, making a pie crust while y'all are while y'all are doing this. Very cool. Uh, what kind of I, pie are you making? 
I'm actually making a pear uh, pomegranate pie. I'm going to soak the pear slices in pomegranate juice overnight. I'm going to start that tonight, too, across tonight. Uh, and then I'm going to make a pomegranate, uh, what do you call it? It's like a molasses. It's like a really dark, Ooh. thick syrup of just cooked down pomegranate, and I bake that on top of the pie. Uh, it's my recipe. This is my third time making this, now, so I'm going to try something different. Now, out of curiosity, with the pears being soaked in pomegranate, does that do anything uh, like for pear like for the pear itself or does it just like give it a different flavor and color well my friend had the idea because like poached pears is a really popular dessert like a syrup made with red wine and like warming spices and it'll change the outer color of the pear but also just kind of infuse it with flavor the first time i tried to make this one i soaked the pie the pears overnight and i thought they tasted good and they were pretty color but i wanted more of a pomegranate like flavor to it uh so now i add the syrup too that I, I got down. I, I gotcha. I mean, my my thing is like I hate pears. Like I Ooh, think they're, no, they're, they're oh, here, here it is. I always I always no. hoped you'd follow in my footsteps too. So <laughs> dark. Like they like I think that they're mushy, and I'm just like nah. like I I like a good crisp like apple. Like so, like That's I don't fair. know. Texture is important. My 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 kids love pears, and I'm just like yo, you guys are gross. Um, yeah, also, you soft, like so they do get kind of mealy so you gotta get a firm one I'll agree with you on that one see, yeah, I just like, like peanut butter pie I'm simple see, what oh, is Ashley a peanut butter pie? Peanut butter is it just a too. peanut butter feel- feeling? oh yeah I know Ashley loves peanut butter for sure my, like my grandmother pie. used to make like a peanut butter cream pie with like sprinkles on top and oh it was so good Ooh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna miss having that that's Thanksgiving. Well, do you have the recipe? Really... No. Does oh, anybody yeah. have the recipe? I I don't know if she ever wrote a recipe for it. She just did it from memory. Oh God. Yeah. You should ask around. Every old lady has a recipe book <laughs> fucking somewhere. Okay. I have a yeah, recipe I'm book going. for fuck's sake. Every woman <laughs> has. If she knows how to cook, she has a fucking recipe book. Now it's she hasn't cooked somewhere. in a few years and. Uh, she's not going to cook anymore. So. <laughs> yeah, we, we it. You could take my hands and get rid of them tomorrow. I'd still have my recipes for the next fifty fucking years. They ain't going nowhere. I'll have Just to ask, ask my mom. Yeah, but that's because your again. recipes are buy a burger at Checkers. Like, <laughs> fuck off. Your recipes and that is are a crap. really good recipe. Can I just it say is, it is a pretty recipe, <laughs> <actually>, but <laughs> success. Yeah. This is gonna be a weird Thanksgiving for us. I asked my mom, are I there bet. any plans for Thanksgiving? And she's just, and she was just like, ask your fucking sister. <laughs> oh man. Apparently well, my, my mom didn't my mom didn't want to do anything for Thanksgiving, obviously because you know she just lost her mother and we would usually have it at her place and with her. And my mom is just really out of it. Like she's not doing really well right now. And my sister was like, Oh, well, I already invited my boyfriend and his roommate and his girlfriend. My mom's like, oh my Are God. you kidding me? Like she well, didn't ask. She didn't ask. She just did it. And my mom's like, I ordered turkey breast. We're going to order. We're, uh, this is bullshit. <laughs> I just would have been like, all right, cool. get orders for Chinese because that's what we're having. Like, I, I told her to, to just DoorDash from Cracker Barrel. I mean, Cracker Barrel's pretty good. <laughs> I wouldn't knock it. I like Cracker hey, Barrel. Hey, we did Cracker, Cracker Barrel. Barrel. 
we did a Cracker Barrel Thanksgiving a few years ago. Ashley and I ordered it, and we invited my mom, my grandmother, my sister over, and, and they had the food. They were like, this is wonderful. I didn't know you knew how to cook, Ashley. And Ashley's like, yeah, it's a family recipe. And all the boxes are in the back porch. And after dinner, <laughs> we were like, oh, yeah, by the way, it was Cracker Barrel. And my mom was like, are you serious? No. That is amazing. I thought you Cracker cooked. Cracker no. <laughs> My only gripe I was they Cracker had Barrel. onions in their gravy. So we had to make our own gravy. Uh, yeah. yeah, onions suck. Joe's racist that- against onions. Great. To hear more about how uh, Joe feels about onions, please visit our previous episode, Onions Suck. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we got more games to talk about. Should we move on with the reviews? (laughs) All right. All right. Next game to talk about is Ask Libra Revision, developed by Kaizo, published by Whisper Games, released November 16th on the Switch for $24.99, also available on PC, which is the version we are covering. Confront time and fate in the 2D action RPG Ask Libra Revision. Explore meticulously crafted worlds, fight brutal boss battles, upgrade your skills to take down enemies lurking around every corner. Chris, tell us about your time with Ask Libra Revision. Yeah, meticulously crafted. You hear that? Not procedurally <laughs> generated. Thank God. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't have a chip on my shoulder about that or anything. It's just, <laughs> it's it feels like it's been a while since I've like looked at, well, like I requested this one, full disclosure, and it's literally that I was like, oh, they actually, they made world, uh, like the dungeons and stuff. <laughs> like it's not just assets. I was like, okay, cool. I'll try this. Um, so yeah, Ask Libra is a game that just came out on Switch, which is why I requested it. So, uh, we got the Steam version, so I played that. Um, Chris. No, it's okay. (laughs) It's not your fault. Uh, but yeah, the Steam version's about a year old now, so if it's weird that I'm reviewing a game that's a year old, just, uh, just know that we tried. We tried to get the new one. Um... This is a side-scrolling action RPG explorative action-y thing. Um, <laughs> I think that... Oh, yeah, Pernell's not here. I can call it a Metroidvania. It's yeah, a Metroidvania. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, it's it's got double jumps and everything. Um, so, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a really interesting one because, um, well, for one... It offers to give you a demo, or it offers to have you play through the demo before you actually start the real game. It's like, hey, the demo will show you how to do all the combat. Do you want to play through the demo? And I was like, okay. And so it started me in, like, the first area with, like, all this, like, equipment and spells and stuff and just kind of overwhelmed me. And then I got to somebody who was selling, like, top-end equipment, but it didn't really cost anything. And I was like, what the hell is this? I got so confused that I just turned it off, and then the next day I came in and just started a new game. And <laughs> turns out you you get the same tutorials if you just start a game. You just don't have all this end game equipment and like magic and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is way better. Why did they even offer that? <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a uh, it's a game that starts off with a long story part. That they warn you about. They're like, uh, do you want to skip the beginning story? It's kind of long. <laughs> I'm like, have some confidence in yourself, video game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. I, t- I clicked play on this, you know, like everybody else. I have, a Steam, <laughs> I have a Steam library of hundreds of games and I picked you. So, yeah, go ahead and tell me your story, man. <laughs> and uh, 
It's about a boy who uh, escapes his village, which is being burned down, and uh, he's with a girl, but they get separated, and then the boy ends up in, like, this waking up with uh, not enough memories or something in a in a house in the middle of nowhere. Like, it's so far out that he can't run and see any other houses or anything like that um, without getting tired and collapsing. Um, so he does this and is rescued by a raven um who may be more than he seems but the uh because the raven can read books and talk and uh also has no memories so this raven doesn't even know who he is and um yeah you both kind of team up and and hit the hit the road looking for this girl the village any other humans at all they end up traveling for eight years before they end up seeing another human and um and that's where the story kind of begins, because now you're an adult and uh, and you can fight with a stick. Because <laughs> like <laughs> the first time you run into an enemy, the crow finds you a stick and that's your first weapon. Um, and so, yeah, then you uh, then you eventually find another character. Um, that's kind of a false start to the story because that character disappears. And then you end up uh, at the village where they are having trouble that has to do with the local dungeon. And now now your true RPG adventure can start. Um, so this is a game that is very, like, you know, it's you know hard to call it anything but like a, a kind of on the Castlevania side of things. Like, it's, it's all about the action. It's all about the weapons. Each weapon does something different. You learn new moves. You... Uh, you unlock new skills. Um, you have a double jump that you can unlock from the beginning if you skip unlocking many other things, which is kind of fun. Uh, they kind of dangle the double jump in front of you. <laughs> so in my uh, that, that kind of throws off my start to double jump uh, meter by which I judge all <laughs> these games because uh, you can have the double jump almost right away, but you'll be giving up like most of the other things that you'll be able to do for a few levels anyway. But here's the thing about this game, is that uh, it rules, and everything has some kind of meaning in it, um, from what you do in this game. Uh, so what I mean by that is that, you know, you gain levels, you know, and you get to, uh, you get to put jewels on a grid, and... Um, and raise your stats and stuff. Yes, that's all well and good. You can, you know, raise your strength, dexterity, HP, defense, luck, which uh, gets you actually more experience tangibly rather than just being like a a kind of invisible force. It's like literally they're like, you just get more experience if you put more points into this. So it's kind of an investment. And um, and you're like, hell yeah. Also, there's a lot of luck involved in, uh, in enemy drops as well, which we'll get to. Uh, every, on top of that, Every weapon, every armor, every shield also has a level um, that can be gained. And if and it's just by using them, having them equipped and fighting, like gains you levels on your weapon, your armor and your shield. And I do mean every individual weapon, armor and shield. Like so, you know, if you have weak equipment um, or if you come across weak equipment, you're still going to want to get it and uh, and equip it at some point, because when you master a piece of equipment, it unlocks not only a skill, but a skill point that you can put into that skill. So like four skill points for the double jump, for instance, um, a piece of armor may unlock a skill that allows you to see um, enemy like information, uh, like what they're weak to or something like that. And that costs like two skill points. 
Uh, there's all kinds. It's just grid upon grid of uh, of different skills that are going to be unlocked. Like it looks like about a hundred skills. Um, so there's no incentive to get the biggest and best. You want it all. <laughs> like uh, if you want to like really, you know, make your ideal character. And again, mastering it is how you progress. Uh, it's not just gaining levels. It's using the, your variety of equipment, which gets you to like kind of learn how to use that equipment and how to like really uh, not ignore anything, you know, kind of leave no stone unturned. And this would normally be tedious, but the action is really good in the game. Even at the easiest level, by the way, there's five difficulty levels, including like uh, I think a, the hardest level is called impossible. <laughs> um, is it easy? <laughs> uh well it's i well when i put it on easy it was kind of easy but still enemies are tanks like you know you really do um have to build up your your strength and stuff to really whittle them down except uh here's the thing so you know i was going on and a uh and i was getting these enemy drops and uh there's another there's a book that you can get as well that teaches you crafting. And so if you get certain items, you can craft them into other items on the fly. And so here's a scenario. I defeat a, an enemy, like a bat or something, and instead of dropping the usual wooden box that I can just open or a regular chest that I can open with a purchasable copper key, it drops a gold chest. I need a gold key for this chest. And so... Ooh, fancy. Yeah. So what I do is I have a, a key mold A, which is a, a mold for making a copper key. But the thing is, if I mix that with a um, with another item, then you know that's in my recipe book. Then I can upgrade the key mold, and so I do that, and then I combine that second level key mold with a piece of gold, and that turns into a gold key, and now I can unlock the chest. See, it's all about not only finding the drops but you have to like have items on hand and uh and a willingness to like just kind of craft them and they craft up real quick and there's no like skill involved there it's just if it's in your book you can make it um and as you gather items they kind of automatically say hey you can combine these two and it may do something so really really cool that way um and then yeah once you uh so i i did that i opened the gold thing it unlocked a uh recipe for a badass sword with like a an epic name that i could then purchase in a store if i had two pieces of bone two muffins and um two copper uh pieces of copper and so i knew how to make the muffins to build a sword yeah well they're called sponge cakes but the picture of them is muffins and interesting uh, yeah, there's actually another uh, a charm that I made, like a gold goblet kind of cup thing uh, that involved uh, regular cookies. I had to, I had to make, I had to do cookies as part of the uh, part of the recipe. I don't know why that is, but it amused me. And again, I knew how to make the sponge cake and the cookies, so I was I was good to go. And then once I got this sword, it's this huge copper thing that's like three times as powerful as the most powerful thing I could buy up to that point. It's as large as my character, and it's a slow-swinging, like, greatsword, but as it leveled up, it gets a little quicker, and then I just, like, adjusted my strategy, and now I'm just, like, wailing on everything with this sword. And it's, like, it's so cool that that just dropped from an enemy, you know, randomly. So, uh, speaking of enemies and randomly, um, so... You know, like I said, you go into the local dungeon. Um, well, the first one, anyway. There's actually several. Uh, 
and yeah, it's just this big epic sprawling thing that uh, it's and it was called the Libra Cave, by the way. And the first thing that you come across is a rock formation that looks like the scale, like the astrological sign. And um, like for real, this dungeon like seemed like it was such a big deal that I was like, well, they called it Ast Libra. Is this like one of those things where it's just one dungeon and I just keep going down? And then I like looked at a gameplay video and I'm like, nope, there's there's lots of stuff in this game, lots of backdrops. <laughs> Kind of reminded me of uh, East 3 a little bit, but maybe a little bit longer. Um, anyway, yeah, you go through this uh, this game and do this stuff. Like I said, it is meticulously crafted, the dungeons are. They have puzzles. <coughs> Some of the puzzles involve doing kind of random, not random stuff, but like they give you clues that are a little bit cryptic, and like you have to use like things like the environment to uh to solve the puzzle. So I won't uh, I won't give away any spoilers there, but uh yeah, the like first big puzzle you come across is a real brain teaser until you actually figure it out. And you're like, oh, you actually do have to interact with the world in different ways. Uh, this is very clever. Um, and yeah, indeed, in looking around on the internet, uh, people have been loving this game for like the last year. It's just, you know, lots of articles about the best game you never played and like, you know, uh, lots of uh, five out of fives on Steam and stuff. And um, actually, there's a... Uh, there's one pretty recent review on Steam. I'm going to go ahead and steal this quote to, to kind of cap off my review. Um, this is from a person, I, I don't really know their name, but they have 72.6 hours on record with this game. Oh, uh, they posted this a few few days ago. It just says, Ask Libra is the most video game. <laughs> that's it. That's that's a good quote. Yeah. I like, I like that there is another one that just says, Digital Heroin. Yeah, yeah. No, for real, <laughs> I when I started in on this game, I'm glad I played the other two games first because I planned on like kind of brushing up on all three of my games yesterday and then instead I just sunk three and a half hours straight into uh into this one. That's very nice. Like without even realizing it. It's just one of those kind of games where you're just like, Well, I could just keep playing this until I pass out. <laughs> well, it clocks in at twenty four ninety nine, although on Steam it is on sale for the next week for nineteen ninety nine. What are your thoughts on it? Well, I'm definitely buying the Switch version myself, so that that definitely gives it a buy it. Um, yeah, like I said, you know, it was cool to play the Switch version. Um, and absolutely, you know, I, there's no performance issues to speak of or anything like that. I didn't run across any glitches or you know, and it ran on my machine just fine. Um, but yeah, this is this is one I was aiming on, uh, aiming for on the Switch, and I'm really really glad I checked it out because it's even better than I thought it was going to be. So. This is a buy at every penny. If it comes out physically, go pay the extra physical bucks, too. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Next up is Delicious Dungeon, developed and published by Digital Cauldron, released November 3rd on Steam for $13.99. Delicious Dungeon is a combination of action, adventure, and sim game. The player is the owner of a local restaurant in a fantasy world. But to run the restaurant, they have to explore dungeons full of dangers and enemies to get ingredients needed to cook delicious meals. For their guests, our friend Andy Sperry wrote in a review, this is what he's got to say. If I were to describe Delicious Dungeon to someone well-versed in various gaming styles, I'd sum it up as a fusion of Moonlighter, Monster Hunter, and Overcooked. However, recognizing that this might not make sense to the average gamer or those unfamiliar with gaming, let's delve deeper into the gameplay to provide a clearer understanding. The delicious Dungeon, developed by Digital Cauldron, is a casual action roguelike. Players assume the role of a thrill-seeking adventurer during the day, 
and the kitchen enthusiast by night embark on a journey into the dungeons surrounding your serene hometown in pursuit of the freshest and finest ingredients. Battle monsters using your kitchen tools, then utilize the acquired items to craft the latest and most delectable culinary masterpieces. As you delve deeper into each forested dungeon area, the items you discover become increasingly exquisite. Ah, someone uses a thesaurus on this one. <laughs> Traversing the randomly generated dungeons involves collecting ingredients like onions, potatoes, wheat, sugar, and even monster meat. Each dungeon varies in size, and a pre-selected difficulty gauge allows players to choose between easy mode and nightmare for an edge or ease of play. At the end of each dungeon, a powerful boss awaits, ranging from the mighty Krakor Gigantic Crab to the Twin Monkeys Basra and Besma. Armed with weapons like the knife hammer or bone spear and accompanied by a small beetle companion with a long-range attack, defeating the boss unlocks new recipes and challenges. Back in town after a day of dungeon diving, the adventure continues as players take on the role of a master chef. Access your spoils in the kitchen pantry and open the restaurant with a selection of menu items each night. Utilize the oven, stove, cauldron, and prep station to create the finest meals with each station featuring a unique cooking minigame. Earn reputation from customers and money, which can be used to upgrade character stats, kitchen stations, and purchase more ingredients. The game progresses, business management opportunities arise, and the option to hire other dungeoneers or cooks become available. While Delicious Dungeon is well-crafted, it isn't without its flaws. The gameplay is straightforward, but may take a few tries to get used to the button combinations in the menus. Battles feel fluid with indicators on enemies showing when attack is imminent, but the fixed camera angle leads to frustrating moments of unexpected attacks across from the room. Some minor bugs were encountered, and certain menu screens seemed purposeless or challenging to access. A few items were lost because I wasn't aware of how to use or retrieve them from a storage box. Overall, Delicious Dungeon seamlessly combines cozy kitchen management with fast-paced action catering to both aspects of my personal gaming enjoyment. Price only $13.99, it offers a delightful experience from start to finish, a journey of fighting monsters, gathering materials, and creating the ultimate dish. So that sounds like a pretty good one. They pretty had good. a completely different opinion of that game than I did. <laughs> did you play Delicious Dungeon? Yeah, I was going to tag in with yeah, Andy well, on it. Oh, I forgot that you got the other code. Uh, tell us about your thoughts. Well, I I enjoyed the gameplay of it. However, there wasn't I I couldn't figure out how to advance in the game. You start off with the ability to enter one dungeon. You start off with one recipe, and you can't get any upgrades for your weapons. I eventually beat that first dungeon, and then that was still the only dungeon I had to explore. I, I didn't have any upgrades that I could get. I couldn't find any other recipes. I have no idea how to continue in the game. Hmm. It's just repeating the same thing I've done over and over and over and over. And there's, I don't, I don't know what I've missed. So I, I'm going to need to get uh, in touch with Andy and figure out what the hell happened. Cause <laughs> like, I enjoy what's there. But all I got for like four hours was the same thing over and over and over and over. And that's it. And I was mm. like, well, that gets boring pretty quick. I don't know how to continue the game. <sighs> oh, well, it's 14 bucks. What are your thoughts? Think it's something uh, worth investing in or maybe hold off, wait for a sale. What do you think? Uh, from my experience with it, I, I would say wait for a sale. It is fun to play, but since I can't figure out how to access any of the content in it, 
because the game doesn't really tell you anything, I, I have to say it, it's a sale only. Uh, if if you want it, it only get it on a sale. All right. Alrighty, moving on. Next game is Teardown, developed by Tuxedo Labs, published by Saber Interactive, released November 15th on Xbox Series X and S and PS5 for $29.99. Also available as part of PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium tiers. Prepare the perfect heist in the simulated and fully destructible voxel world. Tear down walls with vehicles or explosives to create shortcuts, stack objects to reach higher. Use the environment to your advantage in the most creative ways you can think of. Jacob, what is Teardown? Uh, so Teardown is a voxel-based, uh, which means <clears throat> for, use, uh, for you that are unfamiliar, it kind of looks like a Minecraft-ish uh, kind of world. Um, and uh, with it... The whole world is pretty much destructible. Um, you just have to figure out how to blow everything up or set fire to everything. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the game does not e make that uh, particularly easy at the very beginning. Um, and I should uh, I should clarify there is uh, there is like a uh, story mode to it, but there is also like a sandbox kind of thing. Um, and with the story mode, like there is kind of a story, it moves very slow and I'm not going to lie. I was a little caught off guard. Like this is one of those things where I feel like I should have read the previews for it instead of just watching a single trailer because the trailer just shows tons of shit just blowing up everywhere, like all over the place. And then you get into it and you're like, oh, this is actually a heist game, kind of like a stealth game. And then usually what happens is that you have to set off an alarm and then grab all the other uh, required pieces within like the set amount of time that you have to escape uh, before like the security comes in. But once you get past that kind of stuff, like you're like, you're suddenly dealing with like weird stuff like UFOs and tornadoes, it, <laughs> but it's just like, you just gotta like get to that point. Um, and the game does slowly progress with like extra tools that you're given, but of course they can only be used so much. Like, I mean, you could be given like a bazooka, but you know, obviously it's going to make a lot of noise and it's going to explode lots of stuff. And it's probably going to get set off the fire alarms. The fire alarms get set off. That means it's the security wire gets tripped. And so you end up having to like wander around and get the layout of an area first. Um, and fail a lot. You're going to fail a lot during the beginning. It's annoying. Um, and I honestly had to watch a few YouTube tutorials to figure out what the heck I needed to do because the game doesn't really tell you what exactly you have to do. Um, but yeah, that being said, like uh, the, the campaign's okay. Uh, if not a little misleading as to what it's going to be. Um, but once things get like, once the game lets you get crazy, it's it's totally awesome to get crazy in this game. Um, and that really shines in the sandbox mode where you can... I mean, it still operates by, like, the same laws of, like, you know, like, you're not going to be able to destroy, like, uh, metal grating in front of a window with, like, just, like, a block of wood, you know? Uh, like, you're going to have to get something stronger to get rid of it. But, like, just watching crap explode and set fire and all that other kind of stuff, it's pretty satisfying. So if like 
you ever watch like somebody play Minecraft and we're, and we're just like, man, I wish I could destroy this more efficiently. Teardown's where you want to be. <laughs> like I've, I've, I've heard that the game is a lot of fun, but it really shines in sandbox compared to the campaign. Like yeah. the campaign is too limiting. Uh, there's too many restrictions on what you have to accomplish and the it's time too frame much that dim- you're given. It's too much stealth and speed running. Like if I, like, I'm glad I got to review this because it is fun, but I'm not going to lie. If I had known what the campaign was going to be like beforehand, I might not have like, I would, I, I, I would have been far more hesitant to be like, Oh hell yeah, I'm going to play this, but I'm glad I did. Um, but honestly, like for my recommendation, I would say buy it. Just know what you're getting into. Well, as mentioned previously, it is on PlayStation Plus extra and premium tiers. So if you have that, you could just download it and try it. So yeah, there uh, you go. Thirty bucks, your official verdict. Oh well, I mean that's that's actually cheaper than I thought it would be. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd recommend it. I mean, they do have a deluxe edition for forty and an ultimate edition for fifty that comes with the season pass. Uh, the season pass is 30 by itself, so you're saving 10 right there if you buy the ultimate edition. What are your thoughts on the DLC? Is what's, it, what's in the DLC? I don't know, season pass has Time Campers DLC available at launch, Bulk Race DLC available spring 2024, two additional DLCs available by the end of 2024, and a robot. I mean, probably. I mean, who wouldn't want a robot? Yeah, the robot looks cool. All right, next game is in Stars in Time, developed by Insert Disc 5, published by Armor Game Studio, released November 20th on Switch, PS4, PS5, and PC for $19.99. Live with the ever-present burden of being trapped in a time loop only you can know about in this turn-based RPG. Create a better future for you and your friends. Find hope where there is none left. Pray to the stars and free yourself from time. Chris, what is in Stars and Time? Okay, so (laughs) In Stars and Time is a uh, turn-based RPG, kind of a roguelite with a twist. Um, Sorry, so yeah. Um, So yeah, you start off the game at the end of the game. Um, You are um, Sifrin, who is a um, a, a eyepatch-wearing hero who has befriended and, you know, kind of formed a found family with these other characters, uh, one of which is very important because, you know, her name's Mirabelle, uh, because she is immune to, um, there's a, there's a big evil guy and, uh, the evil king or whatever that you're going to fight in his, in his final dungeon. And Mirabelle is immune to, uh, what the evil king can do, which is to freeze people in time. Um... And, you know, you basically, you know, you go through the town and discover all kinds of stuff, talk to people, uh, interact with your friends, uh, you know, that you've made along the way. Like I said, it's a lot of the stories kind of told through uh, flashbacks and things like that. Um, Once you get to the dungeon, then your main character, um, who is usually very good about, you know, kind of doing sneaky stuff like disarming traps and things like that, uh, falls victim to a trap and dies. Um... and then wakes up, and the game has started all over again. Um, the same, like, kind of Groundhog Day style, right? Like, you can change your 
um, your dialogue choices, but everybody else is coming up to you and saying the same things. Um, and this is very confusing. But eventually you meet another character who kind of um, helps explain it in a very convenient way that essentially you're being moved back in time every time uh, you die and you have a chance to change the outcome of what has happened. So in that sense, it's it turns the game into, like I said, a roguelite where every time you die, you um, you start the dungeon over. However, your character, you know, Sifrin, maintains any experience uh, gained and any dialogue choices are kept, um, you know, are kept like kind of they they gray them out well i would say gray them out the whole game is gray Uh, it's black and white (laughs) video game but i mean like they're they're uh they're faded out and you can tell which ones you've done before it even lets you speed up dialogue that you've that you've heard before and eventually once you get into the dungeon a little ways then dying you can just start the dungeon over instead of starting the entire game including the prologue over which is you know thank god (laughs) um that's a that definitely uh, was a, a smart move. Um, really, there's a lot of smart moves in this game. Uh, it's it was done by one developer um, who has who goes uh, who goes by the uh, company name Insert Disc Five, which I, I really enjoy as a um, as a name for something. Um, and the uh, the developer of this game is a is a queer biracial. A uh, person who developed a similar game uh, on Steam before that was kind of like a—I uh, think this is like a, an improved reimagining of it, if not like a direct sequel. I'm not even too sure, but uh, they made a different game that was also black and white and also featured this time loop kind of technology and stuff. And uh, the game is very much uh, written that way. Um, all your characters, you know, have pronouns. They even have discussions about pronouns. Um, lots of different people are represented, you know, it's very, 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 very progressive in, in pretty much every sense. Um, your main character is he slash they, you know, so, um, so that's pretty cool. And like I said, the, the writing of the game is really where the strength is because it's all about the character interactions and the way they talk to each other and the way that, uh, your particular predicament kind of changes, um, certain things about the storytelling. Uh, it's not really all about going through the dungeons and doing the battles and stuff in that sense it's a it's very undertale-esque um that is to say undertale is kind of like you know it has battles but it's kind of like you're not really in it for that um you know nobody plays undertale for like the gameplay uh (laughs) but this uh and you know kind of like that this one presents a you know unique no not really unique. it's actually not unique uh but it is different uh they kind of have a different pre- uh representation in the um in the actual rpg battles it's all done with rock paper scissors uh and literally your characters are like rock type or paper type or scissor type like you know it it's all in ingrained into the characters like actual um battle stats and things like that and so their special moves are going to be of those types. And of course, each type has an opposite type. Uh, the game spends a lot of time and text explaining to you what rock, paper, scissors is. And I was a little bit aghast at that. <laughs> but because um, it already I was already on like half an hour of dialogue and I was just like, you don't need to give me a tutorial about rock, paper and scissors. That's not <laughs> optional. Please let me let me get into this dungeon. But uh. I mean, they do anyway, so that that's just how it goes. 
And uh, anyway, so the when you fight enemies, uh, and they're not random battles, enemies are on the map, although when they see you, they will chase you, and because this is an RPG Maker game, you don't really have, like the fluidity of motion to be able to like turn corners really quickly or anything. So they will likely catch you if, uh, if an enemy sees you. And, um, once they do the actual portrait of the enemy, cause it's different enemies, they're all represented on screen as blobs. But once you fight them, then they're actual enemies, you know, kind of like Zelda two. Um, and once you get into the character portrait, you can actually look at their hands and they will be doing like the rock, paper or scissors kind of, um, motion and so you know without having to really be told uh, this this monster has two fingers out this is a scissors type of monster so we need to focus on rock attacks um which you know your your big defender character um you know he's got the most of the rock moves but you have a mage in your party who is uh who's got all three kinds of moves um so it's like it's well balanced in that way are and, any um, of the rock attacks rockets no, no, no. It's it's Aww. mostly they're just descriptions like that that are um based on the character's personalities. So like your mage has like rock three and paper three and scissors three, right? Like, you know, Final Fantasy style. Your main character is supposed to be um kind of a, a pun character, so it's like and he's also um, you know, a scissor type, so he's got moves like knife to see you. And uh, and things like that. So, yeah, it's it's sigh worthy. It's one of those kind of things that I think is very funny, especially in what I see in independent games sometimes, but just RPGs in general, where the game will describe a character as hilarious and obsessed with puns or something like that. But it's never actually the character never actually does any jokes and very few puns or it's just like the most basic stuff. And I'm just like, it, you know, if you're going to. Say if you're gonna say with your words that a character is a certain way, then you know you gotta write some jokes. I'm sorry, <laughs> can't just uh can't just describe them as a jokester. Um, but anyways, that was that was a, a similar thing in in Undertale actually. But anyways, um, so yeah, like then there's a there's actually mechanically some other cool things about it is that if you can get five moves in a row that use the same type. Um, which again, like your main character doesn't have a rock move and nor does your healer, but you know, you've got two other rock moves for instance, but if you get five, uh, the thing is about these characters though, is that each of them have a buff move that they can use to skip their turn, uh, or they can just straight up skip their turn or they can do something else. Like, uh, one of them can, um, like for instance, heal, um, or just guard or something. Basically, though, if you if you line it up where you can get five of the same type of move in a row, all four of your characters do a super move, which will not only destroy the enemy, but it will heal your party, including raising uh, party members who have died. So you've got a real big incentive to, like, in battles that seem to be more drawn out to do that, especially since, you know, items are scarce and you don't have them when you start the game over again. You know, you have to either go grab the items or, you know, just kind of know that you're going to get pushed into something that's going to kill you. Um, in this game, like my first several deaths were actually forced upon me by this by the plot. Like I was doing really good on the actual playing the game, but the game will force you to die in order to move the story along. And I was like, OK, fine, whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's kind of how that was. But like I said, fortunately, you don't have to start the entire game over every time you die. Um, and it does, like I said, 
begin to affect things like you know and that's kind of where the strength of the writing is is uh, the ways that the metagame in a sense is kind of like affecting your character so for that i give it kudos um and really overall like you know if anything sounds like it's a complaint uh this is an rpg maker game i'm very impressed with what was what was uh accomplished in this title so very cool well it clocks in at 20 bucks what are your thoughts on that yeah, this is definitely the kind of game that you're wanting to play if, um, again, if you're like a, an Undertale fan, a fan of like sensitive writing um, of and it is it is actually written pretty humorously. I, I didn't mean to say that like it's not it's missing jokes. It has plenty of jokes. It's just your main character isn't the kind of joker that that he's described as in the text. It's a yeah. it's a weird thing there but um but no like it's a very very charming game uh if you're into that um it's not a true roguelite or roguelike in any sense it's like it's again it's narratively making you start a dungeon over again in order to tell a story um so it's really more of a thing of like you know um it's a buy it for people who want to check out the story and the writing and you know kind of really get to enjoy the characters they're very enjoyable characters so i really like that um folks looking for like a you know uh fantastic like jrpg experience or whatever um your 20 bucks will be spent you know better elsewhere chain echoes um (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's i'd say though that this is definitely a very well put together piece of software and definitely worth your time again depending on where your kind of priorities are with playing through a game like this. So I'm ultimately giving it a buy it. I'm just letting you know that there's, there's a little bit of a caveat to that. I got to say, uh, AEW and the acclaimed ruined the word scissoring for me because all I think of is wrestling now. And me, Daddy. I, I think <laughs> they haven't made that joke yet in the game. It doesn't seem to be that kind of game, but I don't know. I'm looking for it. I, I didn't play through all of it. All right, well, moving on, next game is Ebenezer in the Invisible World, developed by Orbit Studio and Play on Worlds, published by Play on Worlds, released November 3rd on Xbox One, Series X and S, Switch, PS4, PS5, and PC for $19.99. Embark on a story-rich 2D Metroidvania adventure with breathtaking hand-drawn art, playing as miser-turned-hero Ebenezer Scrooge in a reimagined Victorian fantasy-based on Charles Dickens' classic novel, A Christmas Carol, enlist the help of ghosts, save the people of London before it's too late. Uh, this sounds like a unique premise. Uh, our friend Andy Sperry wrote in a review. I'm so jealous. <laughs> well, we got it on, on PC, so... Uh, Ebenezer in the Invisible World, developed by Orbit Studio and Play on Worlds, is a new indie Metroidvania that has been released just in time for the holidays. The game follows the Christmas Carol protagonist Ebenezer Scrooge and his team of ghostly allies as they battle dark spirits, explore the city of London, and thwart the plans of the wealthy industrialist Casper Malthus. The player controls Ebenezer, the now kind-hearted businessman from the holiday classic A Christmas Carol, as he navigates the streets of London and beyond. He is aided by spirits of the past, present, and future who once helped him realize the trajectory of his own life. In addition to the familiar spirits, players can also unlock new and powerful ghostly allies like Buster Bailey, Lossie Reed, or Bruce Hagen, who lend their power to Ebenezer as special attacks or abilities. These abilities increase Ebenezer's movement in the form of double jump, spectral dash, downward slams, and many more. There are also familiar allies known as spirit kids who heal, attack, or block for Ebenezer. 
Discover these ghostly allies and other wandering spirits with unfinished business, completing quests for them and their loved ones, each with a unique backstory. The game's world is beautifully crafted with hand-drawn graphics that evoke the feel of Victorian London. Players can explore the city's streets, asylum, observation tower, and the Malthus family factory, all while enjoying a beautifully themed soundtrack with a Christmas flair. In the game, you can use your spectral abil abilities to explore new and uncharted areas or discover hidden secrets such as heirlooms or spirit weapons. Heirloom items can improve Ebenezer's speed damage, rare item drops, spirit, or even allow him to breathe underwater. Ah, one of those upgrades. You can also collect sim uh, smaller items like iron, crystal glass, and lavender by destroying parts of the environment or defeating enemies. These items can be used to upgrade your health and spirit attack bar. Ebenezer in the Invisible World features a wide variety of enemies to, to keep players engaged, as well as ghostly bosses that offer some challenging gameplay. One of the most unique and enjoyable aspects of the game is the health recovery consumables, which come in the form of plum pudding, mashed potatoes, or turkey. Ebenezer in the Invisible World is a delightful Metroidvania filled with charm. While a few quality of life improvements could further enhance the experience, it was very over was overall very engaging and enjoyable. It took me just under 10 hours to finish. The game is available on all platforms. It offers a new story of Ebenezer Scrooge's life as he attempts to pass on his knowledge to those around him. I would highly recommend this Metroid version of A Christmas Carol to fans of similar gameplay. This one looks awesome. I, I just, I want to get my hands on this one because it looks just ridiculously enjoyable. Yeah, I thought it looked cool too. I just didn't want to play it on a PC. <laughs> yeah. Aki, <laughs> uh, yeah. what are your thoughts? Because I know you were interested in it. It looked really cool. I, I like the visual design of it, the how they animated things, and just the overall look of all the characters was really cool. Yeah. And I am so sad. <laughs> well there's something you did get to play because the next game is no place like home developed by awaken realms published by merge games released august 21st on xbox series x and s ps5 switch and pc for 24.99 welcome to no place like home no place like home is a cute and relaxing sim he plays ellen newland a girl who decides to visit her grandfather on earth for the very last time before she moves to mars However, she soon discovers that her grandpa is missing and that his farm was recently destroyed. Aki, what is going on in No Place Like Home? Okay, so some of y'all might think, hey, this game sounds familiar. That's because I reviewed the beta of it like three years ago on Steam. Forever <laughs> ago. Um, and I really liked it then. So you might be able to guess maybe what I'm going to say. Uh, in this, you play as Ellen and. Uh, in this world, we have wallied the planet. So, you know, kind of like we're wallying it right now. Um, and she gets a letter from her grandfather saying, Hey, before you head off to Mars, come visit me one more time. I'd like to, you know, spend some time with you because apparently he's decided he's going to go down with the ship. I don't know. Uh, so you're like, Okay, yeah, fuck it. Why not? Let's go visit granddad. He's great. Blah, blah, blah. You go there. He's nowhere to be found. Instead, you find a talking chicken. A literal talking <laughs> chicken. Like, it, it, just a standard chicken. It talks, and it wears a hat and a backpack, and it's adorable. Uh, and that chicken gives you your first quest, to find the farm book. Because, <laughs> you know, talking is the least a chicken can do, and if you don't know that, whoo boy, you're in a lot of trouble. 
So you got to go find that book of farming because that's apparently one of the first things it tells you are chickens can talk. I don't know what kind of LSD your character's on, but man, <laughs> I'd love some of that. Uh, so the main mechanic of this game is that you have a drill and a vacuum a la Luigi's Mansion. And there's a bunch of trash. Trash as far as the eye can see and then beyond that. Uh, and you are now little Miss Sanitation Worker. Uh, have fun. Uh, you find big old clumps of trash that's just sitting around. You can vacuum it up. And other ones are in like cubes, cubed form. So you have to break them with the drill and then suck them up. And, and you get to clear entire areas of all the junk. As you can tell, I have a very specific set of things I like doing, and that is removing all the shit from everywhere. So this game really piqued my interest. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, the, you occasionally come across a few of the other people who are living in this general area. I would say in the city, but it's it's not really a city anymore because this place is like you have a farm and there's the city that's like five houses all of them have been destroyed and then there's a bunch of surrounding areas and you find people spotted throughout it on occasion uh usually one person per area and there's like seven i think areas um and there's all this trash that you get to clear clean up and then you can bring it to a machine that will recycle it into crafting parts that you can use to create other things like more recyclers because you fucking need them because you got so much shit to recycle uh or you know and eventually you can find some animals that are around and you can figure out how to tame them so you can start getting food items uh that you can turn into meals some of them will you know increase your health for a little while others will make you faster some will make your tax harder uh you be you might be like attacks. What are you fighting? Well, occasionally you find some little shit-headed robots that just spit all the acid and spray poison gas at you because they're little assholes. <laughs> uh, so you have to go around and you uh, you can either swing your uh, your drill and whack them, which does a lot of damage, or you can drill into them, which for some reason does minuscule amounts of damage, uh, and then they explode and you can take a battery. Because video game logic, and I love it. Uh, and it, the robots, they don't really change. You, you're basically fighting the same robots throughout the entire time. Sometimes they'll have larger ones that can reach further, or sometimes they'll be a little armored, and you have to suck the armor off of them, and the armor is just more trash. Literally, they just have trash strapped to them, which is hilarious. Uh, and that that's basically all the enemy types. It's just... Ones that walk up to you and spray you with poison gas and ones that shoot globs of it at you from a distance. And that's that's really all there is in uh, enemy-wise. Uh, majority of the game is really just clean up everything or as much as you want. But realistically, if you're playing this game, you're going to clean up everything because uh, OCD. Uh <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, you can pick up a bunch of different farm animals, uh, from chickens all the way to cows to helping foxes get into their own little nice place where they can live and be happy and free. And they'll give you, you know, uh, some uh, seeds for fruits, which is kind of cool. Um, 
And yeah, uh, you get to interact with people. They'll give you some quests. The problem with this game lies in that this still feels very much like a beta, even though it's it's not. Yeah. It's been out for a long time at this point. Um, you can absolutely, totally, and irrevocably f- fuck the storyline because you can do thing, you can do quests before they're given to you, and, and therefore you can do them out of order. You can find things for quests that are supposed to happen much later on, never get the introduction to the quest, but be able to give them the items as though they've given you the quest, which is great. So you can always continue forward and you can always solve everything, but it kind of screws up the story because you don't get a lot of introductions to things that would further the story. Instead, you just, here's a solution. Here's a problem that I solved. And apparently you were supposed to tell me about this. (laughs) Oopsie. Um, there, there's also issues with sometimes uh, some of the quest items, there's more of them than the, they, there are ones needed. Uh, and if you turn it in and then find one of the extra parts, it's now just a permanent item that you can't really get rid of cause you can't destroy it and you can't throw it away. So that's fun. Um, only done that a few times again, because you break everything. Well, I break everything. It's my specialty. Uh, but yeah, I, I really like how the game plays. It's it's fun. It's really relaxing. There's three different game modes that you can choose from. There's the uh, easy, which is what the game is supposed to be played on. There's challenging, which just makes everything hit harder and take more damage. It's otherwise still a very easy game. And then there's basically cre- uh, creative mode, which is just free mode. You can buy everything immediately. For nothing and just cakewalk through the entire game. I chose to play it on easy because I didn't know if creative would give me achievements. Mm. Um, lots of the achievements are just for, hey, collect this much trash. Hey, kill this many enemies. It's not even, hey, get through this part of the story, which kind of surprised me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not against it because like, with uh, I, I got a, I got the game yesterday and I'm already at like 24 or 26 out of 30 something achievements. Oh jeez. Um, yeah, granted I didn't sleep last night either because uh, <laughs> I really like destroying things and cleaning areas. I am kind of addicted to games like this. These are problem <laughs> games for me. Um, and I will not rest until there is absolutely no more trash to clean up in any area in this entire game. Um, and that's the thing. When you leave an area and come back to it, the stuff that you got rid of is still gone. It doesn't come back. So once you've cleaned an area, it's clean. And it is so good. And I like that. There's lots of games. You leave an area, you come back, and all the shit's back. This yeah. one, if you clean it, it is gone. Yay. Yes. And yeah, yeah. So, uh. Yeah, it's a it's a cute little fun game. Uh, you get upgrades by having different items and creating preservatives uh, as money in the game. Um, and, and yeah, so you might need like, oh, hey, we need 50 preservatives. And oh, yeah, I need a carrot and <laughs> you can have this upgrade. Uh <laughs> So you have to wait until you get carrot seeds and plant those and grow them, which takes a couple in-game days. Uh, But you can just go back into the house, go to sleep, wake up, go out there, water it, go back to sleep, and just repeat that cycle until it's done. I've 
done that many times um because i am i am very lazy and i i do not like waiting uh <laughs> so yeah you so all the upgrades are like that be it for machine upgrades because all your machines you have to learn the recipe to create them in the first place and then you have to learn the upgraded versions so you have to wait until you get the items necessary to get the upgraded version so on and so forth there's also upgrades to your gear itself like you can eventually get upgrades that make your drill stronger not just in attack but also to where it can destroy a wider variety of things usually you'll come across a bunch of material that you can't break through and it's just a different type of rubbish so you have to get an upgrade and then you can break through it and then you come across another one that you can't break through and you just do that a couple times until you have it all sometimes it's like oh you can hold more water or oh here's one that lets you move faster or gives you more health things like that the really simple ones there's only a few in each one of these areas so it's pretty nice and you can get everything that that's kind of the point of the game farm your way to victory (laughs) <laughs> and clean up all of our shit, a la Wally. Well, we got to talk price on this one. The game costs twenty four ninety nine. All right. Uh huh. But they sell a bundle that has oh. no place like home and fresh start for twenty two forty nine. So it's cheaper to get a bonus game. <laughs> what Hell are your yeah. thoughts? <laughs> totally. Go get that. Go get that. Make that bread, yo. Get that game. It is, it's a fantastic game. They do need some work on it, but even if they don't ever fix these issues, the game is really fun, especially if you're one of those people that just likes to just do shit and <laughs> clean areas. Like, if you're one of those people who are like, oh, yeah, I like that pressure washer simulator game, this is a game for you. You're going to love it. The, the story is really irrelevant at that point you just want to clean the area and that's where i am i am so totally for this game it is great go be that sanitation worker yo be that wally and kick ass (laughs) all right sounds good uh moving on nine years of shadows developed by halberd studios published by freedom games released november 9th on the switch for 1999 Fight to bring beautiful colors back to a handcrafted world of darkness and discover the story of Europa, a young warrior, and her ghostly childhood companion, Apino. Chris, what is going on in Nine Years of Shadows? Childhood companion? Huh. It didn't really explain that in the game. There's a lot that's not explained in this game. Let's talk about (laughs) it. Um, So, yeah, this is... um, Another <laughs> Metroidvania kind of style game. Uh, however, I, I was actually um, I was kind of amused at having you know played in Stars and Time, and then having played Ast Libra, and then loading up Nine Years of Shadows. And it starts off with a hero on a nine-year journey, not an eight-year journey. And <laughs> um, and uh, also like when you start the game, it's all in black and white. And I was like, it's just all mixing together for me now, man. <laughs> but it turns out that it's a different it's a different game entirely. It's just a huge coincidence, like what usually happens when I review more than one game in an episode. It's just all these coincidences. So yeah, you uh you play this uh this very Castlevania like game as uh as Europa, who is a lady who um yeah, she lost her parents to a you know, to the the big evil. 
um, years ago, nine years ago. I'm just going to say years ago, like there's not a specific number. And uh, yeah, she uh, has been plotting her revenge, training up in the ways of the gigantic golden axe uh, for for, you know, these these nine years. Uh, she goes to um, assault the, uh, I guess it's a giant robot, Talos, but it's like a big, I don't know, it seems like a castle or something. I, again, it's a little confusing when you <laughs> like to know what's going on at first. Uh, it's, it's also stylized is the thing. But anyway, she goes in, fights a demon, gets her ass handed to her, and then is um, revived by, um, by a talking raven. I mean, by her spirit pal, Apino, who is a uh, a floating teddy bear? This is a um, is a little cute little teddy bear. It looks like the snuggle bear from uh, from the the um, you know the the dryer sheets. Do you remember <laughs> snuggle bear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, nineties kids will remember, and only them. Anyways, <laughs> uh, but it revives you, and then it turns out that this this companion is the secret ingredient that you need to um, to maneuver around this big old place. Uh, because this little bear is not only equipped with magical healing friendship power, it also has freaking lasers. <laughs> and, um, so you aim him with the, uh, while you're moving around with the stick and, and the stuff, uh, your right stick will control the bear and then you can aim it at enemies or doors that are covered in darkness and shoot your magical laser beam of, of lasers uh, add it to to move on kind of like your uh, your metroid missiles you know um and this actually this then presents a uh, a really interesting uh kind of gameplay element and that is to say that your your buddy's magical laser power doubles as both being uh something that you can expend to uh to shoot lasers but it's also kind of your shield because uh, for all her training, Europa only starts off with two hits before she is dead. Uh, they're represented by two jewels in a uh, in an axe that's on the screen. It's not the axe you're fighting with; it's just like an axe meter. Um, and the handle of the axe is like the is your laser power. Um, and so, if you get hit by an enemy and you have laser power, it will expend the laser power like a shield. But once you're out of laser power, then you've only got two more hits before you're dead. However, if you can get away from the action long enough and um, and you're completely out of laser power, you can hold down the uh, the right trigger button to give your little snuggle bear pal a hug and that will revive most of the laser power. Um, so this has two two like results. Uh, one is that you hug your little friend and then you can just stay back and use the laser powers until he runs out, you know, jump away, hug your pal again, and then, you know, get back into the fray with the lasers. Or you can go in with the melee, get hit a couple of times, back away, get a nice little hug, and then um, and then back into the fray. It's um, It kind of forces you into a whole different kind of strategy. And um, it's very hard to heal your... Um, to heal your actual life outside of uh, the save points, which are gigantic crystal organs, uh, not organs like like guts. I mean, like <laughs> like a like the piano organ, uh-huh. like the instrument. 
um, which is kind of cool. Like, again, this game is extremely stylized um, to the point that some things are just kind of abstract, uh, which is why it's kind of hard to describe certain things in the game. But at the cusp of it, it's basically that your axe-wielding maniac and her snuggly little bear friend are going to go to town on a whole bunch of really cool-looking, like, alien-looking guys, um, some of which are the whole ass screen sized and um part of the the metroidvania mission is of course gaining new powers including uh armors that are better against certain things and um and basically not like straight up upgrades i i guess i don't really know i didn't play far enough in it to really see my my strength increase all that much it kind of takes the same amount to hit everybody but um there's like no equipment screen is the is the thing there's like there's status screens with icons on it. So it's kind of like you get a new phone and there's no letters in it. There's no words. You just see all these like icons and stuff. And you're just like, I don't know what this does. And um, this game's like that, but most of them are grayed out because you just started the game. So it's kind of a mystery what all you can do in this game, but it is pretty intriguing. Uh, one of the things you can do is to rescue musicians uh, who are in this place somehow. And uh, they all kind of gather at this hall and then they, uh, they each do like something uh, different for you. And that's kind of like um, that's kind of like how uh, Castlevania Order of Ecclesia uh, was, which is the final Egavania before he moved on to Bloodstained. Uh, it's my favorite Castlevania, actually, where you had to rescue a village full of people. And it turns out when you rescued all of them, then that was a special thing that affected the plot. So I assume it must be the same in this game. Um, but yeah, like there's it's basically, you know, it's a it's a little weird in its presentation, but it's super cool. Uh, the action is really fluid, uh, which I like. The gameplay mechanic is really interesting. Um, it's intriguing to see what all is going to happen. Again, since uh, your gameplay element is like alternate, you know, alternating uh, axe fighting and teddy bear laser shooting with hugs you know <laughs> it's definitely uh what i would call a unique experience unique. um but also not really because it's very reminiscent of like your favorite castlevania games um they're just about all here in this weird ass little game um <laughs> but um oh there's the last thing i was gonna say oh the actual soundtrack yes how could i forget the soundtrack in this thing is amazing uh, it's like this over the top rock heavy bass heavy stuff like there's just flying guitar solos um well no I, yeah yeah i mean there are but uh you know there's just like it's it's a bunch of rockin' good time music um and some of it was composed by Michiru Yamane who is the composer for all those great Castlevania games that we all know and love so this actually does have Castlevania people's hands in it uh, albeit in a kind of a, a guest starring role. Um, also one of the composers of one of the Metal Gears, which I'm not familiar with Metal Gear, so I can't really speak to that as much. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the soundtrack is super good on this one. That's actually where I first heard about it, because uh, somebody posted it in my uh, in my Facebook club for uh, video game music. But yeah, that's uh, that's basically all there is to say about it. Nice. Well, it clocks in at 20 bucks. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, 20 bucks is about the going price for a game like this. Um, you know, like I said, I was really blown away by Ast Libra, so it's very, um, it's almost unfair that I had both of these in the same week, so I can't be quite as, like, 
gushy about this one. However, it was a great time, and uh, and I do definitely think it's a buy it. Um, like I said, it's got a great style to it. It's fun to play, uh, and it scratches that itch. So there you go. Cool. All right. Well, we got one final game to talk about tonight, and we're going into kids' territory with Bluey, the video game developed by Artax Games, published by Outright Games. We are Outright Ambassadors, and that is how we got the game. Released November 17th on Xbox One, Series X and S, Switch, PS4, PS5, and PC for $39.99. Play a brand new story set across four interactive adventures, explore iconic locations, play your favorite games from the TV show, and also play with your friends and family in local multiplayer. Jacob, what is Bluey the video game? So Bluey Besides Stevie's is... long worked upon magnum opus. The... <laughs> exactly. And he is the biggest over at Outright Games. Stevie is the biggest fan, so if you ever drop in their Discord, make sure you tag them with a Bluey gif, okay? <laughs> so, uh, Bluey is an Australian uh, kids' cartoon about a family of dogs, um, and just like learning life lessons along the way as they go through normal, everyday stuff. Um, and it's an excellent show, not only for kids, but also parents. Um and even though our oldest is kind of like aged out of like the target demographic, like we still all watch it regularly. Um, and in fact, that's pretty sure my wife and I are more excited about new episodes than the kids are. Um, <laughs> and uh, so with this game, we are presented with these like four mini episodes, which have an overarching plot um, that, uh, the kids are on holiday, AKA vacation for us Americans and, um, they're bored and they find out that there's this treasure map that their dad had made when he was a kid. Um, and they'll be able to locate a treasure like nearby, um, <laughs> in the, uh, in the local forest where, uh, the dad bandit, uh, that's his name. Um, you know, where he grew up and he had buried some stuff with his brothers. Uh, and so each, uh, each of the sections is you getting a part of the map. And then the final section is you going to find out what the treasure is, um, and stuff like that. I'm not going to lie. I was a little disappointed with the plot. Like it kind of felt like a generic, uh, story that, you know, almost any, like, like it would have been like, you could have popped it into any, uh, children's licensed book series, you know, like it could, like this could have been like a Sesame street book. You could have made this a care bears book. Like it, it's, it's a standard kids plot, but I was also still impressed at the end that they still managed to tie it into like a very bluey esque ending, uh, with there being a lesson for the kids. Um, which I honestly, I was a little cut off guard by because a lot, uh, like a lot of us parents uh, and fans of Bluey, are very like protective of this IP, and it was just like, all right, well, like somebody else is doing this. What are they going to do with it? But all in all, it like the plot came out pretty well for that. Now the gameplay uh, is fairly simple. Um, it's you just moving around. Sometimes uh, you'll be able to grab onto stuff, whether it is mission specific or if it's in a mini game. Uh, of which there are four different mini games. Uh, there is Ground is Lava, or sorry, uh, I think they call yeah they call it Ground is Lava uh, in that one. Uh, there's Chattermax Chase, which is involving. It's kind of like a 
it's like a freeze tag, but also, yeah, I mean, I guess that's the best way to describe it. Um, there's that, uh, keepy uppy, which is, you're just trying to keep a balloon up in the air for as many bounces as you possibly can. Um, and then there's, uh, xylophone, magic xylophone, which, uh, is also kind of like a freeze tag kind of thing. Um, although I think I'm getting that one wrong. I think there's a fourth mini game that's different, but anyway, whatever. Um, and so there are these four different mini games that you can play throughout. Uh, the game's length in all reality is not particularly long, which I know may be a drawback, uh, for some folks, especially with the number of parents that I've talked to about this, uh, or not, not so much like talk to, because like, it's just like, I've been monitoring comments in one of the bluey Facebook groups that I'm in, um, for parents. Of course you're Um, in a bluey Facebook group. Yeah. I'll explain later when we're not recording. Um, Anyway, uh, so uh, I know some people were disappointed by that, but in all honesty, like the game's aimed at kids and yeah, they may be able to blow through it like in an hour or two. But the fact of the matter is, is that like, they're going to replay this a ton of times. There's a ton of stuff you could do. You can constantly play the mini games wherever you want to go or almost wherever you want to go. Um and yeah, like it's just it's a decently made game. Um the main faults of it is that especially towards the end uh sections of the game, there's some definite like graphic clipping um of like the different uh family members like they'll just get stuck on an object and like they'll just like keep like flashing in and out. Uh like this will happen with trees and seesaws. Um so hopefully that gets fixed, but it also presents a problem because sometimes you'll be the one that gets stuck and you'll have to go off and choose a different family member to play as just so you can get yourself unstuck. Um, now, um, <clears throat> sorry, uh, I've been sick. And so I'm having a coughing fit right now. Good. Uh, give me a second. Good. All I have to say, good. Suffer. Sure you deserve it. Uh, of course he does. <laughs> Anyway, um, so yeah, uh, so the as I was saying, the mini games can just be kind of like, <laughs> but the big problem is, is that like, uh, especially with a game like Chattermax Chase, uh, which is the one that you have to like race around and like chase after uh, this like little doll that like makes noise and music and stuff like that, um, which also com- kind of combines with freeze tag at the same time. Uh, Chattermax, one time Chattermax actually leapt out of the arena. Uh, and so like the other characters and I were just standing there for like two minutes until the timer ran out. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and like, we just had to wait, like there was no way to make Chattermax respawn. Like I couldn't restart the game. It's just, all right, well, you have to wait. Um, and, uh, during another thing with like, uh, ground is lava. If you're playing it in the park, uh, for some reason, you could get stuck on like one of the seesaws because uh, if you touch the ground, it'll bounce you back to the last safe place that you were able to stand, which if it was the seesaw, if for some reason puts you in the middle of the seesaw and then you're just stuck there and you can't get out of this loop um, until the timer runs out. And um, I was comparing notes with somebody uh, in the outright discord and like, this is something that's happening on the PS five and the Xbox. So, um, 
It's affecting multiple versions. It doesn't necessarily ruin it, but it's just like it's annoying how you can't get out of it. Yeah. Um, but at least it's not like it locks up the game or like makes it so you can't progress. Um, like so it's not game breaking, but it's still annoying. And I know my yeah. kids would immediately be like, Oh my god, dad, like what are you gonna do? How do we stop this? The game's glitching. Uh, I'm gonna mess with all the Xbox settings to try to fix it. Like jeez. Oh, uh they they've done that before. They did it once. What once. did they break? Oh, you don't remember? Like it was it was like a couple years ago, but like they went into the Xbox settings and I ended up having to like troubleshoot for like an hour and a half. <laughs> like they messed they like they literally messed up everything. I almost had to like just completely wipe the system and restart. Um yeah, it was as I said, they did it once. <laughs> uh, um but yeah, like all in all, it's not a bad title. Um just keep your hopes in check. Yeah. Remember, this game, the target audience is kids between like three and seven, not for people who are thirty-seven. Like <laughs> Which is why you reviewed. Well, yes, I'm thirty-eight. Obviously I'm a mature adult. Oh god. Um <laughs> uh the game clock's in at forty bucks. What are your thoughts? I'd say buy it. I mean, if you've got kids who love Bluey, they're going to be nagging you for it anyway, so you might as well just get it done and over with. But, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. You know, if you're a little worried about, like, the game's, like, length, wait for a sale. But it's a solid kids title, like, or for younger kids. Um, You know, I wish there was a little bit more to the plot, uh, but, you know... Uh, like, otherwise, this is a good start for this kind of stuff, and I'm hoping that we'll see another Bluey uh, game from Outright in the future. Cool. All right. Well, that is it for this episode. We made it through another Yay. one. Yay! Congrats, everyone. Brooke, we wouldn't have made it without you. Thank you for being. Here. You know, I'm just, I'm just so you glad I could be here strength. tonight. Yeah, I'll, I do that. Nah, thank you guys for letting me hang out. Hey, we love yeah. having you here. Uh, music this episode, we are going to wrap things up with some Dale North doing Home Again. Since we covered No Place Like Home, might as well keep the home theme going. Uh, everyone, have a wonderful holiday, Thanksgiving, Black Friday, whatever you're celebrating. If you're <laughs> celebrating. Celebrating Black Friday. Yes, a lot of people do celebrate celebrate Black Friday. because people you, know are crazy. How I ce- you know how I celebrate black friday now that i no longer work retail it sleeping I sleep in. people at retail yeah. i sleep in yeah. i call That's like awesome. i now i now take off like for black friday to celebrate because like i don't have to have any more of those like 7 a.m to 10 p.m days yeah Ugh. heck yeah yay oh, does yeah, anyone dude. have any final words to end the show um thank you Aki for y'all. has nice breath occasionally oh I highly yeah, yeah. doubt that, but thank you. I thought I'm I'd give you a compliment. because I, I thought I'd give you a compliment because it's the holidays and that's what people do. It's all you get. Christmas everyone. yet. Hold, hold the, the kindness for, <laughs> for Christmas. You got to say well, something. You know, it's, it's effectively Christmas because that's uh, when we celebrate it as Thanksgiving. Uh, Aki creates carbon dioxide, which is necessary for plants to breathe if she didn't have, if she actually had plants. That's my boy. I have plenty of plants. They're all outside. Yeah, are, don't take are care they of dead? Them. Yeah, no, they're alive. 
It's called grass. <laughs> Good job, Aki. <laughs> Keep breathing nice. outside. Exactly. Uh, I don't breathe outside, though. <laughs> you hold your breath outside? The whole the time, entire time? Yes. Going outside. Go- <gasps> hey, it's gross out there. 